This morning, our aim is going to be giving some time to reflect on Christian gratitude. Of course, Thanksgiving season isn't the only time that we should be thankful. I hope we recognize that, that this isn't kind of where we kind of fake it till we make it, you know, fake give Thanksgiving because we're in that season and then we can go back to being grumpy Christians. That's not God's plan for us. And as Steve said in the opening, uh, instead of uh, one longer sermon, we're going to do two shorter sermons. The good news is, is I am speaking first. So, good luck, Steve. <laughs> Let's make sure we understand what we're talking about with thankfulness. These terms that are familiar to us, they are surprisingly hard to define, right? Imagine if a, if a 10-year-old came up to you and asked you to define thankfulness or gratitude. Well, I looked into a dictionary, and uh, the definitions that are given for gratitude and thankfulness are like this. Thankfulness is described this way, pleased and relieved. This is the New Oxford American Dictionary. So imagine you are pleased or relieved that the bowling ball did not hit your foot when you dropped it. Gratitude is defined as the quality of being thankful, readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. I want you to imagine or remember a time when you were thankful. Some of you just did that in our testimony time together this morning. Try to remember an occasion when your heart was filled with gratitude. Maybe it was a debt being paid off or a project at work that was a success or maybe you received a wonderful and unexpected gift. Think about that. The sensation, the emotion of joy and pleasure, that pleasant sense of gladness that's caused by what you received and by the goodwill of the one who gave it, that is gratitude. And this morning we've been focusing our gratitude to be God-centered. Uh, this morning, what I'm about to share in this devotional really has been heavily influenced by the helpful writings of John Piper in his book, Future Grace. I'm mentioning that because I'd encourage you, if you've not read that book, grab it, and if you have some extra time over this Christmas break, go ahead and page through some of that. It's 31 short chapters, kind of meant to be read one chapter a day, and I think you'll find that encouraging to your Christian walk. Does the Thanksgiving holiday ever cause you guilt? Here we've just defined gratitude and thankfulness. Do you find yourself guilty? you find yourself irritated at people who exhort and encourage you to be thankful, people like me doing this right now? Do you feel irritated or guilty that you aren't more thankful? Well, my aim today isn't to make us feel guilty. Really, my aim is to help us be thankful people, not out of duty, not as a checklist to be, to be done in that sense, but really out of a deeper understanding and enjoyment of who God is. And that will strengthen then our God-centered gratitude. So this morning, I have three simple truths. We'll go very quickly. Number one, let's understand what gratitude is, then what is not, what it is, and then how it serves us in our Christian life. What it's not, what it is, and how it can serve us in our Christian life. Christian gratitude, number one, is not repayment. Interesting how that definition that I read described this idea of, of, some, of kind of giving an expression back for kindness that has been received. I bring this up to ensure that our gratitude is not hijacked or short-circuited by this kind of internal impulse in us as we think about gratitude. Do you remember being taught as a child that when you receive a gift, you are obligated to say thank you? It's kind of what your, 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 your there's an obligation. So, you know, Aunt, you know, Gertrude gives you a pair of socks and you say thank you, all right? Not really because there's joy or gladness in your heart for what you received, but more out of the obligation, kind of as a sense of a token repayment for the goodness that, that was given to you. When that happens, gratitude turns into a sort of repayment, a sense of being motivated out of guilt. And when that happens, you can call it a debtor's ethic. We start to think and react to things in life 
with this sense of because good has happened to me, now I have this, this obligation to do something good in return because of the good that was done to me. That's not Christian gratitude, not truly. Christian gratitude is not returning favors to the one who gave you favor. Now, let's put this in relationship to our, in regards to our relationship with God. Christian gratitude is not us paying God back with favors because he has given us his favor in the grace of Jesus Christ. I realize this is kind of a very fine line. It's kind of more of just a, a subtle intuition or, or, or motive in our heart that we're talking about here this morning. But the debtor's ethic is this feeling or impulse of that we owe the giver this response. And when that happens, it can start to turn gratitude into a transaction, a payment for a debt that we owe. You say, well, why does this matter? Well, this leads us then to what Christian gratitude truly is. Number two, Christian gratitude is enjoyment of God. Christian gratitude is ultimately, for Christians, enjoyment of God at its most basic level. Gratitude done with a debtor's ethic doesn't really fully experience enjoyment and exaltation in God because there's this sense of obligation and guilt of repaying God back, so to speak, with these little installment payments of gratitude, of thankfulness. But that's not true Christian gratitude. And friends, this is why Thanksgiving can be so marvelous for us as Christians, because we, of all people, have the gift of Christian gratitude, which is debt-free. You think in Ephesians, when the Apostle Paul was writing to the church and he was reminding them what salvation is, that, it, that salvation is a gift of God's grace. It is not of works. It's not something that we can work for or pay God back for. It is entirely of his grace, of his gratis, of his favor, undeserved and unearned. So based on what James writes in James chapter 1, it says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. This means that as Christians, when something good comes into our life and we receive some good gift, some good news, some good thing, and I know that our definitions of good and bad can be quite suspect, right? But just generally, when that happens, we can be assured, because of what the Scriptures teach, that that is from the hand of God. That is God's actions towards us. He is pouring out his favor upon us. So this means then, in other words, that Christian gratitude is then the enjoyment of God through praise and celebration and exaltation of God. That's what Thanksgiving is. Notice in, in Psalm 100, this is the passage that um, is often gone to in Thanksgiving time. Psalm 100 is a short psalm with lots of that emphasis. In Psalm 100, verse 4, notice the focus of God's presence and person in this psalm. Just Here's one verse in Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. I'll read that again with an emphasis on all the times we're told to be God-centered in our gratitude. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. Over and over again, the scriptures are God-centered in Christian thankfulness. This is not us repaying God back for what he's done. This is us enjoying God for who he is. God delights to give himself to us, to give us good gifts, his mercy, his compassion, the things that we read in Psalm 103. So Christian gratitude then is a celebration and an exaltation of who God is because of what he has done, because that's an expression of who he is. So then, God has given us many blessings, has he not? We could just give some time. In fact, this is often an exercise that is encouraged of just spending some time writing down a list of what you are thankful for. And I'd like, if you do that, don't limit it to only physical blessings. 
Let the Scriptures guide your mind to be reminded of the spiritual riches that are yours because of Jesus Christ. But God has given us many blessings, and all of them really center in upon Jesus. And Christians, what we give thanks to, this is why Christians are kind of oddballs in our world. This is why the, the Scriptures can expect of Christians to be thankful always which is really kind of perplexing because there are a lot of things that happen in this world that are not the things that would cause us to be thankful, correct? There are bad things that happen, evil things. There is evil in this world. There are evil things that happen. Yet how then can Christians be required of God in the Scriptures to be, to, to be a people who always have this instinct of thankfulness? And it's because as Christians, what we focus our greatest thankfulness on is something that the worst evil in this world cannot take away. It tried. It killed Jesus And he died and was buried, and yet he rose again, which is why we're gathered here again on the Lord's Day to give praise and thanks to God for Christ. So we can never pay back for what he's done. And that's okay, because God doesn't require that of us. Okay? There's some instinct in us, right, as people that we want to kind of, maybe it's our American Western minds, we want to kind of work for what we've got. Friends, the Bible does not expect us to pay God back for what he's given us. What he does expect is for us to enjoy him, because of who he is and what he's given us in Christ. And friends, boy, that just gives thankfulness wings to fly, doesn't it? When you have a God who is so generous, so gracious, and so giving of himself that he reaches into the lives of sinners like us and redeems us through the, through the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, and he does not expect any repayment, it's impossible to repay God for this. He delights in our enjoyment of him through Christ. So then... Gratitude is not repayment of a debt to God. What is it? It is an enjoyment of God more and more. How does this function in the Christian life? You ever, I mean, it's not really good just to you know, look at a Christian friend and say, be thankful. You try to do that, parents, with your kids. Be thankful. We are going to be thankful today. Imagine doing that around the Thanksgiving dinner table. We're going to be thankful and kind of trying to dial it. It doesn't work, right? It almost like drives thankfulness away from us. So then what function can, the, can Christian gratitude have in a Christian's life. Finally, Christian gratitude fuels faith-filled obedience for the future. It fuels faith-filled obedience for the future. I'm going to take us back to a quick story in the life of ancient Israel, back in Numbers chapter 13 into 14, in that area of the scriptures. You have the children of Israel wandering through the wilderness, and Moses sends a group of spies, 12 spies, into the promised land. Many of you are familiar with the story, right? There's a little kid's song that goes along with it. The spies are sent into the, into the land to give a report. Is, you know, what is the land like? Are there lots of people there? Are they many? Are they few? Are they great? Are they, are, they, are they weak? What kind of cities are there? They spend 40 days spying out the land. They come back, and the consensus of 10 of the spies is we will not be able to, the land is great, they say, but we will not be able to overcome it. The obstacles are too great. Cities are too big. People are too grand. Too, too plentiful, we aren't sufficient for this. It's not, we, we can't do it. Two of the spies disagreed with that consensus and says, no, it can be done because of God. So the Israelites listened to the consensus of the ten. They, it says in Numbers chapter 14, after hearing that, that report of the ten, they didn't listen to the, consent, to, the, to the report of the two. All the congregation raised a loud cry and the people wept that night. They're heartbroken. Because this dream that they were traveling through the wilderness for has been destroyed, so to speak, in their minds. All the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, 
Would that we had died in the land of Egypt or that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Must have been a tough day for Moses and Aaron, right? Now remember, this happened after God had made spectacular displays of his power and majesty and dominion through the plagues that he sent on Egypt. He, he split a sea and let them, let them flee in miraculous displays of power. He gave them water in the desert, quail for them in the wilderness. He had given them the divine revelation of his law with the visible presence of himself descending upon Mount Sinai, shaking it. All of that had happened. And here they come to an obstacle and they weep and say, why has God done this to us? We're going to go back to Egypt. You say, well, what, what, how does this connect to Thanksgiving? Well, Numbers chapter 4, verse 11, the Lord says this in another occasion, how long will this people despise me? How long will they not believe me? In spite of all the signs that I have done among them. Here's how this ties into gratitude. Notice the connection that's made there by God between looking back on his actions and his attributes and therefore finding strength to believe him for the future. And over and over again, God would command Israel to do certain things, pile up this, make this pile of stones so then you can remember. But that remembrance was, then to de- was designed to produce in them confidence about what God will do for their future. So gratitude then for what God has done should help us believe what God will do for our future. Gratitude is not us owing God. It is celebrating and exulting in God. And as we do that more and more, the depth of our gratitude will strengthen the depth of our faith-filled obedience for God in the future. So then, when we look back on what God has done, when we reflect on his steadfast love, his faithfulness to his promises, when we consider his great saving acts for us in Jesus, when we remember the resurrection and glorification of Jesus, when we consider the promised future that we, are, that we are given because of Christ, on and on we could go, right? The result is our hearts are given strength and confidence to keep believing and obeying God in the future. So it's been said like this, right? Gratitude for what God has done is the foundation of life-transforming faith for what God will do. I'll ask the music team to come up and get ready to lead us in our next song. A Christian family, let me encourage us to pursue gratitude this season, not out of duty, but out of delight. God is inviting you to enjoy him. Reminisce and reflect upon who he is and what he's done. We, we started that together during our testimony time. We need to do more of that. As we sing songs together, what we're doing is we're, we're kind of reminding each other, we're speaking truth to one another about the glories and the compassions and the mercies of God through Christ. Let's be a thankful people. Knowing this, that as we continue to live out this, this habit of thankfulness, as we reflect upon God's greatness, it'll build in us a confidence for the future he has for us. Let's pray.